You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Rafael Goran, who was the Rabbi Roshi Yisrael, was one of the brightest uh, men to ever hold that position uh, in terms of uh, no one ever doubted how brilliant he was and what sort of strong will he had and what sort of visionary he was. Uh, again, there were uh, people who took issue with the number of his psalkim. And I think that the time has come for us to to sort of recognize uh, and and reestablish what things are about. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that, that, you know, once the battles are over, come here, once the battles are over, that we don't need to necessarily uh, worry about these things anymore. <laughs> once, right, once the battles are over, yeah, okay. Once the battles are over, I think we don't have to, you know, it, it was, it was, he definitely made some mistakes and I'm not going to uh, justify everything he said. I think it's worthwhile to take a look at some of his psalkim and take a look and, and, and see. Um, here are some interesting psalkim from Rav Gorin, and I hope you'll, you'll, you'll find them interesting. This comes from the Chuba Sefer, Trumas HaGoren, which is sort of like some of the best. We've been talking about the Goren a lot, if you remember, uh, in our uh, Yerushalmi Shior, and we always talk about the Goren. So here are some of the best stuff, the best Trumas from the Goren. His name was, I think, was Garnachovsky, but uh, when he came there to throw, he changed his name uh, to Goren. Here is the interesting question. A person was nitzel mitunas drochem benoise b'shabes teicha dekil shabes b'faresia. So basically, a person was riding and driving on shabes. It could have been anywhere, and he was basically in his car being mechal shabes, and an accident occurred, and he escapes with his life. Ha'imuter was seisol aliyah k'day shiyavara chagaymel. Like he comes into shul, he wants to bench Gaimel. Should we give him that, that schus to bench Gaimel? We know that it was a chil Hashem he was driving in the first place. And, and now we're going to actually, you know, he's, he's going to go be Mavarach Hashem, that Hashem saved him? Good question, right? So this question comes from Tavshin Mem. Do the math. It's 40 years ago. Nun So let's see. Um, and it was, you can see about 40 years ago to the date. Gimel Tishrei, the question was. So obviously, as we know, uh, we have done this idea before, that a Machal Shabbos, when it comes to Shechit and other things, uh, has a din of an Oved Avedah that we don't eat a Shechita. Um, we saw it in a number of places in Yeridei and Arachayim. Um, that we treat as wine like Yayin Nesach. And of course, it's not uh, difficult to understand that Rav Goren felt that we should, especially in Eretz Yisrael and today, accept the Psokim that they're like Tinoika Shanishbu, um, either because they don't know or because no one has ever really uh, given them direction, um, no one knows how to give them direction. And he quotes here the famous Chazonish and El Chashchita um, that was many people have used in the even in the very firm world the idea of not treating 
a Machali Shabbos Befarhesio like they used to. And um, and we should really love uh, all people, even people that do Averis, because it's, no one has really heard the proper directive. And we have to treat them as if they never really knew. However, clearly, if you know this was a Shonel Pirish, somebody who knew about Israel Shabbos, you wish not, the Rav Goran agrees. You know who he is, even though now he feels a sense of that God has saved him. Uh, we should not give him the Aliyah and not make him part of the Minyan, according to the Mishnah Bura. Um, and here Rav Goran uh, develops a an opinion which many people believe, including uh, Rav Chaim Salvechik, uh, not not Chaim Salvechik the Briskerov, but Chaim Salvechik the son of Rav Yashaber Salvechik. The Rambam wrote a letter called Igeres Hashmad. I know Dr. Kogan, I'm sure you're familiar with this letter. This was a letter that the Rambam wrote uh, to Jews that uh, had been told that because they had uh, pledged allegiance to Muhammad, because they had lived secretly, sort of like Muslims, that all their mitzvahs didn't count and that they were basically, didn't even make a difference. They should have given up their lives and they didn't. And now this they were just trying to scrape by and they had received the psak from somebody, probably from Swan the Gaonim, was disgusted with the fact that these this Jews in this country, whether it was Yemen or some other place, had bowed to the Muslim rulers and had lived outwardly like they were not Jews. There are some that say, by the way, um, Rav Gorin is not going to say this, but there are some that have theorized that the Rambam himself spent a period of his life living in such a way. There's some that say that before the Rambam escaped uh, to North Africa, that there was a period, maybe even in the beginning of his escape, where he had to uh, don the fez himself or members of his family had as well. I'm not sure if there's any uh, proof to this, but this is a very popular theory that has been uh, circulated. Anyway, what what uh, Rav Sal- well, Chaim Salvatric, who I believe is one of the greatest, really uh, modern thinkers about Jewish history and halacha, and to me, he's a superstar who, who can do no wrong in almost everything that he's written. I I have not re- read anything that he's written that that has Professor Chaim Salvatric that hasn't just been, you know, beautifully excellent brilliant, correct. Chaim Salvechik said that the, the whole Igeres Hashmad or Maimer Kiddush Hashem was not a halachic work and it was meant to keep these Jews, Jews. But there's a lot of statements in the Igeres Hashmad that have a questionable halachic viability and, and they are there because of course the Rambam knew these people needed to be of that, but here's an example that Rav Goran quotes as a halacha. So I'm saying historians have already discounted this, uh, but this is what the Rambam writes. 
Ein roi laharchim machalei shabbos as mulim leisaisam. Someone's machal shabbos. You're not supposed to be marching that person. You're makar of them, and you encourage them to do mitzvahs. And therefore, anyone who is, even though he's done an Aveiro, when he comes to Shul, we do not scoff at him. We do not treat him in any negative way. In fact, what did Shlomo Melech say? Lo yavuzu v'ganav. Even though a person is a known thief, lo yavuzu, don't insult him. So al yavuzu v'posha Yisrael shan ein boyin b'seser of mitzvos. That's what the, the, this medrash, which I'm not sure where it is, is that the Ganav is not a thief. The Ganav is a Poshea Yisro that outwardly seems to be a non-Jew and steals mitzvahs when he can. So therefore, he says, this Rambam to him seems to mean that we are not docha, this person. Now, I'll admit, Rav Goren says, <laughs> even though uh, he's not like the, the, the Marano who didn't give up his life, he's a Machal Shabbos, and he just feels, okay, God saved me. Maybe something, I can maybe feel better about it. Rav Goren does say, give him an extra aliyah. Don't give him the main aliyah. So in some ways, he's sort of like, agreeing with the more Chomer Tzab, he says, you can definitely give him an aliyah in such a case. So here's a, a, a psaq from Rabgorin that really, again, shows where he was standing in, in two sort of uh, situations. Let's see another psaq from Rabgorin on um, which is a real military psaac. Um I actually want to give it a little bit, uh, I'll take it a little historically here. Um, here is a, uh, uh, as you know, after the 67 war, one of the things that came into our control was Hebron, right? We, got a, we, we, we were able to get Hebron uh, as ours. So the people who were who are living in Hebron, and I forgot what the Arab city is called that's near there. Is it also called Hebron? Kiryat Arba, right? That's it. Now the, the Arabs call Hebron also, right? And we have Kiryat Arba. No, no, they call it El Halil. What do they El call Halil. it? El Halil. Halil. El Halil. And El Halil means the place of the graves, right? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know the meaning. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. So, but but as we know, the, thank you, Dr. Kogan, they live in that area, and the Jews live in the Yishuv that's called, that's called Kiryat Arba. And they want to go on Shabbos to the Mora Samach That's what they did. We own, It's Hebron's ours now. And therefore, who's going to go with them? Soldiers that are carrying weapons. So, here they are. Basically, who says that they, they have a shul in Kiryat Arba? Why do they need to go to Hebron, where they have to go through the Al Khalil city, and they have to worry about being attacked, and they need the soldiers to protect them? Right? So, 
Should we allow it? Because come on, uh, isn't that the greatest place to go? To Tavan, the Morris and Machpelah? Or, look, they can go during a weekday. Why should we let them go on Shabbos and then force the soldiers to carry weapons? So um, let's see what he says. I guess they go at mincha time and then maybe some bus comes to pick them up afterwards. And since, of course, it's a sakona to go in the streets of Hebron, so the soldiers accompany them. By the way, my son Nehemia, uh many, many years later, uh, 50, I guess it was 50 years later, uh, was actually did spend the Shabbos duty holding weaponry and protecting uh, the people who were coming to Davin to Marsa Machpelah on Shabbos. So my son Achimah actually was holding his rifle and was protecting people going to Davin there on Shabbos. But the question was, should it be allowed? So he says, look, um, Before I answer your question, I want to go back, Rav Goran says, to something you wrote in your letter. You said, So we're learning Erevin, of course, uh, and this issue will come up, which is going outside of the Tchum. In other words, it's outside of the city. It's outside of the 2,000 Amos. Um, it's outside of any Eruv that they built. So it's an Isser Darais. It's not just the Muktsa of the Neshek. It's also carrying something which might be an Isser Daraisa. Also, um, it's not that they need the Neshek to protect themselves. It's really just to daven at the Marasamach Pewa. So first of all, Rav Goren says, you need to know that going outside of this area is not an Yisra Daraisa. Okay? Walking in those streets, Al-Khalil streets, or wherever it is, carrying stuff, is not an Yisra Daraisa. All it is is a Carmelis. Because Ein Rishus Arabim Bizman we don't have the Rishos HaRabim. We don't have the sizes. We don't have the amount of people. And therefore, according to Rav Gorin, there is no tiltal from the Torah B'Shabbos B'Zman In fact, Rav Gorin says, the whole idea of setting up an Eruv, of setting up, uh, and, and we had a, a beautiful podcast about it uh, earlier in the week where we had one of the great experts on Erevin speak about problems of Erevin. Erevin is all based on the fact when you put up the poles and you put up the wires and you put up a Tzuras HaPesach, it's all based on the idea that we do not have a Rishos HaRabim B'zman Why? Because in order to have Rishos HaRabim, Rav Goren says, we know you need 600,000 Jews walking there just like it was in the desert. And that is the sheet of the Bahag. It's the sheet of Rashi and Tosos. Now, it's true. That's Rashi's sheet. And he says it's true. The Rambam disagrees. The Rambam says you don't need 600,000 to make it a Rishos Um There's another reason why. Um, 
and he doesn't go into it, why even the city of Hebron or Al-Khalil is not Rishus Arabim, and even if you have no Arabs at all, caring there would only be the Rabbanon. Now, it's still also to do an Isra the Rabbanon, but it's not an Isra the Raisa, first of all. And get your, in other words, he's saying, get your questions right. It's not an Isra the Raisa. Now, I've already described, and Rav Goran has a tshuva sefer called Meshiv Milchama. For some reason, I wasn't able to find it on Hebrew books or in Oitzrach Achma. But it's a whole sefer that has to do with Rav Goran's psalkim, as you know, before he became chief rabbi. One of his positions, he was the chief rabbi in Tel Aviv, of course. Before that, he was the head commander of the army. He was the, the aluf, the general, and the, uh, the, the chief chaplain of the Israeli armed forces. And that is sort of where he made his name. He sort of made his name as, uh, uh, as, as, as a person who was from the yeshiva world. He was from Hebron and uh, from the old Hebron yeshiva. He had written Svarim, but when he was 18 or 19, he wrote his first Sefer. Um, and he was known as a great Eloi in the yeshiva. And he was clearly from the Torah yeshiva world. And yet he became fused almost together with the, 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 um, the Mizrahi uh, world. And he became the symbol of how you could, at least in his mind, how you could be Mekayim Halacha, not only the army, but really an answer. And you're going to see what he felt. He had answers for changing the whole Medina. Anyway, the point is, is that he wrote the tshuva about that walking around with your weapon. If, if, a, if a soldier is walking around with his weapon in the normal, the way he's on duty, Bishurat Sadir, there's no Isser. That weapon is not Muktzah. In fact, or Hashulchan writes that if a soldier is wearing the weaponry, not holding it in his hands, then he can hold those, he can go with those weaponry, even in a place that doesn't have an Erev. So, according to the Hashulchan, even if there was no issue of uh, security on holding on to, look at the way he refers to Hebron. In order to keep control of those sections of Eretz Yisrael that we have redeemed and freed from Arab control, there would still be mutter for them to walk around with with their rifles slung on their shoulders, their guns in their holsters on Shabbos. In fact, he feels, and this is a tremendous chiddush, that in this situation, it's important to make a showing. Yes, you could go to the Marasamach Pela on Thursday, but it's important every single time Jews go to the Marasamach Pela, the Israeli army should accompany them in order to send the message to the Arabs and to the world. And that we, it's not like we're not here on Shabbos. 
okay, technically we haven't worked it out. We signed the peace deal. Uh, we gave the Arabs their spot. It's the, okay. No, we need to show. We have to show up in Hebron every day, including Shabbos. Why? Because we don't want the Arabs to say, oh, look, the Marsa Machpelah is ours on Shabbos. Why? They've already, remember, what have we already said? They've already came up with a deal that Goran clearly doesn't like, that certain times the Arabs visit there and certain times the Jews visit there. I don't have to remind the people that are listening here, because I think everybody here remembers and I'm not going to sanction it. Uh, to me, it was one of the saddest days. Maybe to you it wasn't. Uh, when Baruch Goldstein on Purim, of course, um, massacred people that were there in the um, in the Mars Hamachpela. Um, now, he, of course, was, was slaughtered and killed. It's one of really the most terrible stories you can think of. And I'm not saying that Baruch Goldstein was a tremendous, was a Russia. I'm not saying that. I think it was wrong what he did. I think it was it was a terrible, he endangered Klal Yisrael. But as you know, he came into this place when it was the Arab turn to have the Mars Machpeh. And I think, Moshe, maybe you could uh, correct me on this. I think that of the three of the three of vote, which one do they, they have Yitzchak? Like, there's some division over there, which area belongs to them. I haven't been there, so I don't know. I wish I knew it better, right? But there's some spot there that, that, that that's ours and some spot that's theirs. So it's a, it's a again, Rav Goran Field. They have that, what is it, Moshe? They have Yitzchak Avinu. They have Yitzchak, right. The irony of that. You know? <laughs> right, he, he, he's the one, he's the one that they don't like. He's the one that they feel was the bum, right? You know, we, right? We're the one that says it was Yishmael. Anyway, so Rav Goran Field, right? It's really ironic. He's the one who never left Israel. They claim it's not Israel. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, the point is, Rav Goran was not happy with the split, and therefore he feels to say, "Oh, on Shabbos we're the only ones here." No, it's important for Jews to go, and it's important for the soldiers to go with them, and it's important to carry the weapons, despite the fact that it's a derabanan. First of all, he says, according, as you see in a minute, it's not an Isser. You'll see in a second. The Gamal Yutochen Shabbos Lo Yuchlam Misnachlam Bechevin Wotzeis Urachovos Hayir. You can't say that on Shabbos, the ones who, and we know it's not just in Kiryat Arba. I think they set up, I'm not sure how safe they are now, but there definitely is an actual, um, uh, the, a lot of Chardalniks that are living in Hebron itself. I haven't seen them on Shabbos. Moshe, have you spent the Shabbos in Hebron? I don't know. Um, uh, Robert Kivalevich? Yes. I think the big breakthrough was that they made peace with the chief uh, sheikh there, the chief uh, Jabari, uh, head of the clan. So, and he controls a lot of um, Hebron on the Arab side. So that made things uh, peaceful. Uh, I think okay. in the end. So now it's uh, maybe what again, I know. This, was, this was 1968. This chuva, and he says, you "Yeah, can't... this is uh, what I'm saying is recent." Yeah, yeah. He says you can't tell the people who things are very to... different. I was there four months ago. 
and 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 can you stay there for Shabbos? Is, is it is it is it a, it's it's okay? <laughs> Today, of if you uh, yeah, that's not a problem. Right ne- next to Marat Machpelah used to be Bet Rachel, but uh, they don't. Uh, it didn't have any. There were plenty of room to stay. It didn't have any plumbing for uh, for for uh, no bathroom or anything, so wow. you had to go out the Bet Rachel, go to Marat uh-huh. for bathroom. But now it has everything. Uh-huh. Well, clearly, um, you know, in this time, you can see where Abgorin's Natiyah is here. Uh, he says that to say that the people who are trying to live in Chevro should not go out into the city and they need to be closed up at Tochatzer Beis HaMoshel um, and because of that uh, you know you know, and they can't carry weapons no, you can't do that therefore he wants to say that being able to walk in the streets freely on Shabbos in Hebron is part of the idea that we, this is our city, and we need to show openly that this is the city of, of the Avot. And this is an extension of the Kibush and the Shechrur. And especially since, what are we talking about? It's not an Isr Daraisa. It's an Isr Darabonon. It's Carmelis. And we know that in order to do a shvuster abonin, you're allowed to sign documentation uh, in a foreign language, which is not, which is an Easter darabonin. It's only writing Loshan HaKodesh has a din of an Easter daraisa. So in order to keep property in Eretz Yisrael, you're allowed to sign documentation on Shabbos in order to keep the land of Israel connected to Jews. So Rav Gordon wants to say, Huadin, you're allowed to carry in the city, in the streets of Hebron, because it's only an Isra Carmelis, and you can definitely be matter in Isra the Rabbonon, because by you doing that, you are showing with your fist that Eretz Yisrael and Hebron specifically is a Jewish city, and it's part of what's part of Klal Yisrael. It's part of, it's owned by Klal Yisrael. It's part of Eretz Yisrael, and we're not giving it up. And we've got to make that statement. And making that statement is a, is, is, is a mitzvah. It's the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Um, in fact, uh, he then quotes a medrash in Parshas Lech Lecho that says, um, when it's, it says, shel dinarin, um, you show the non-Jew the money, the non-Jew signs, and then it becomes Jewish property, and it works. You can do that on Shabbos. Now, over there, I'm not sure. It sounds like you fool the Jew. It sounds like over there, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you're actually fooling the non-Jew into... Um, <laughs> into signing over the property. Because it says that you show him a bunch of money and then he signs it 
and then you make it official, and then you don't give them the money. But you're allowed to do that, and the proof they the proof that the medrash brings is because Yericho was conquered on Shabbos, right? They conquered Yericho. They battled. They carried. They held wars and instruments. Now, they, it's important to be kovesher to throw even on Shabbos. Um, now, based on this, he says that the soldiers that are part of the Israeli army, they can definitely uh, accompany all the people that are going to Davin and the Maris HaMachpelah, and he says, there's no Shiva. Then he says, <laughs> a little bit of humility. And again, this I think really, you expect this type of psak from a soldier and from a Rabbi Roshi. And I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a courageous psak. And uh, I think it's nice to look at it in, in such a way. Let's see one more psak in this area. And you might know who the person is that he was writing to, this next one. I, I, I think I know who this person was. I've never met him, but I've read a lot about him. And that was this psaac. Um, this is to Levinger. You might remember who Moshe Levinger was. Um, he was, I don't remember when he passed away, but I think he was the, one of the head Rabbonim of the Misnachlian, right? Uh, Ramosha Levinger. And this was uh, from 1969. And the question was, um, once again, uh, about uh, carrying the weaponry. So I wanted to show you what he says. He says, I've already been asked this question by Rabbi Yehuda Harkavi. Um, the question there was more about the soldiers carrying the weapons. And I used, and he says, I used the Rachashulchan, etc. Um, you're talking about, <laughs> you're not a soldier and you're wearing it, right? In other words, you're talking about everybody holding the weapons, you're not talking about the soldiers like Nehemiah, who, who, as I said, and I'm so proud of him, how he served there on Shabbos, holding his weapons, um, allowing people to daven on Shabbos there. And by the way, it, he was, it wasn't so easy because the, the Arabs were screaming and, and it was not pleasant for him to have that duty um, of, of being there. We talk about the control the police have to have and things like that. It was very, very difficult. And I'm very proud of Nehemiah, who's, who will be coming here. But unfortunately, it looks like he has to, according to the JC bylaws, he's going to have to quarantine. So you won't be able to see him in Shul, Moshe. So uh, that's just the way it's going to be. But anyway, I'm very proud of him. But now we're talking about not the soldiers. We're talking here about the average person, can he go with the weapons? So he says, if you, if you carry, if you packing, if you're packing your weapons the whole week, 
right? So you can do it on Shabbos too. Why? First of all, if your gun is in a belt, that's one thing. Also, the tachmoshes. Um, now, a tachmoshes is, is a rifle, correct? Is a, is a, am I right? Is that a rifle, Moshe, the tachmoshet? Or is that a, something else? What's the tachmoshet? Tachmoshet is the, it's the uh, ammunition. It's the ammunition, it's the guns, or it's, it's the bullets. Okay. Yes. So in other words, the bullets that go together with the weaponry. Um, and, and then you need machshire azara rishona. Um, I'm not sure what that is exactly. Um, maybe that's the um, uh, walkie-talkies. Right. Yes. Those the walkie-talkies. So, which is what everybody walked with. They had, <laughs> they had their, they had their, um, their guns and their holsters. They had bullets, uh, and they also had walkie-talkies. Um, so, first of all, he says it has to be that it's got to that what the holsters that you're wearing. Are, are made specifically for weaponry, okay? And this person appears that way during the week as well. So first of all, it's got, it has to be that it isn't just on Shabbos you, you holster up. It has to be during the week you also go this way. Um, now, therefore, he says, he told Levenger, you should take some of the chevra here that are doing this work that they should always be carrying weaponry during the whole week. And then if there are people that are always weaponries, they always have their weapons, doesn't have to be every single person who lives in chevra, but if there is sort of like a tor of who is going to be uh, packing for a specific week or whatever. So Rav Gorin wants to say they get a din of soldiers, even though they're not official soldiers. Therefore, Gorin wanted to say that the same Hector he gave six months earlier to show that we run a Chevron, the same thing would be true when it comes to uh, anybody who's there can go. It doesn't have to be a soldier. It could be anyone of the of the misnachlium can be uh, holding, can be wearing those weapons. The other thing he says is is so it's not called caring. Obviously, no one you you cannot say in such a situation a gun is muksa. Why? Because it's protecting your life. Why? Because it's meant to do something mutter. <laughs> Even though killing, you know, a person for no reason is, is, is an iser, it's a told of shrita, when it's protecting your life, that's a mulach of That's pikuach nefesh, which is a mitzvah on Shabbos. He says, now that's if you say that Shabbos is considered chutrum of nebikuach nefesh. A very famous machlokas. We've talked about it. What is the din? Is it as if there's no malacha 
Or is it like we're doche Shabbos? Or do we say, when it comes to saving life, it's almost as if the Yisurim of Shabbos don't apply? He says, there is the sheet of the Beis Yosef that says that Shabbos is only nidcha with pikuach nefesh. So if that's true, it's an iser to kill, you know, it's, but you're allowed to do it. Um, so therefore, if you're carrying it really for protection and you really are in danger, that would be mutter. But if you're carrying it for some other reason, which is not technically pikuach nefesh, just to show, hey, this is our country. So there might be a problem of muktza, of carrying the weapon on Shabbos. But he says, even if you want, then he says, however, if you even want to say that Shabbos is not hutre etzopikuach nefesh, it's hutre etzopikuach nefesh. We're, we're not here talking about your pikuach nefesh. It's not the pikuach nefesh of an individual. It's the pikuach. You represent more than just yourself. Those people in Hebron aren't just individuals who are protecting their lives. They represent the bitachon of the whole country, of each of of of, of, of a nation, of a land. Because what does the Torah say? It says. We fight ad riddita. We 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 our mitzvah is to to get the enemy into total submission. So therefore, even those misnachliyim who aren't soldiers have a din if they are given the weapons in the way he asked Levinger to give them, which is they get them based on a certain order every week and they wear them all the time, then Shabbos is hutra, if may be talking on Medina, So therefore, there's no muktza, even if Shabbos is only hutra etzapikuach nefesh. And again, as we say, it's only a question of caring in a karmelis, on that, as we said before, that it's not really called caring because, as the Arach explains, now, the other question that Levenger asked him was about um, showing people around Hebron. In other words, people come for a... Um, they're not going to Davin. People go to Hebron for Shabbos and people want to uh, show them the sights. They want to show them what's going on in Hebron. Okay. Are you allowed to carry your weaponry in the streets because you want to show them you know, the city of Hebron? So he says, hmm, there's no mitzvah of showing people the sights of Hebron. You're not necessarily um, trying to show that we own Mara Samach Bela. However, if there is a soldier, 
and you want to take a walk, the soldier would be able to accompany you carrying his weaponry. Because for a soldier, a real soldier, that this is his, his position, is clearly not considered carrying on Shabbos. So, therefore, uh, you, if you want to go and show people the sights of Hebron, you shouldn't be wearing your weapons at that point. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.